Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Service, and thank you so much for being part of it. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND, or email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town on it. And I can answer your questions or respond to your comments while the service is happening. All right, so let me hear from you. And good morning to everyone that's here. Thank you so much for going, uh, coming. Uh, coming. Um, before I get rolling, I want to read something from you, for you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. And I want someone who can read really well to come up and read it. Um, let me get Wayne to come and read it. You can't read that well? You can? I can't, but not this morning. Oh, okay. Uh, Ed, come and read for me. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. There's a first and a second Ephesians. There's not a first and a second. Where do you get that from? Right here in the index of my Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I can tell you don't read your Bible. Um, and that 10 through 18, I want you to read it loud and clear. All right. All right. Do I need to give him the mic or is he able to be? Where's my uh, director? Well, Does he need a mic? Be right there. How about if I just hold this mic for him? Oh, yeah. Rather than just holding it to him? Okay, it clip it on. Right now you're making a lot of noise with that mic that you don't realize. Okay, we're Simon's twins. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Hold on a minute. What, what's going on? Bethel, go ahead. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and on your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of the salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Thank you. I wanted to read that because I'm going to make an attempt to show you today that the battle we are fighting is a spiritual battle. And what I've come to realize is that most people don't realize they're not getting it or they're forgetting it. I don't know what it is. Where they... They've never known because you can't know this and forget it. That the battle is a spiritual battle that we're dealing with in America today. Hardly a day goes by when I don't talk to someone about there are boys and girls, teenagers and adults who are on drugs, who are um, going to jail, who are having babies out of wedlock. I mean, it's just getting worse. And, and most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, these children are coming from single-parent homes, 
uh, and especially in the black community, but not just in the black community. And I want to make it clear, the, uh, the things that I speak of uh, applies to all of mankind and not just uh, to black Americans, but the battle is a spiritual battle for everybody. Um, I have decided that, and I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, it's just something that occurred to me during the week, that I'm going to start a campaign to uh, keep black Americans from going to black churches. I think they need to absolutely stop going to the churches. Now, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's just something that occurred to me. And, and, and I say the black churches because I don't know a lot about white churches and how they operate. But if these principles apply to you and you're not getting help at your white church, the same thing. I, I want a campaign to keep people away from these churches, especially black churches, especially black churches. Um, it is evidence to me that most of the black preachers are not called by God. I know I've been saying it, and it sounds so, somewhat like a joke, but I've been saying this for the last 20 years, that most black preachers are not called by God, but by their mama. They are busy um, training people to be preachers, men and women to become preachers. They are bu busy building large churches, and in many cases, they are even starting their own preacher schools where they, you, you can go there and learn how to be a preacher, while at the same time, out of wedlock birth is just out of control. It's not getting better, it's getting worse, all in the name of Jesus, while at the same time, black-on-black -black violence is out of control. And we've seen evidence of that in this last week with this killing of this young man in Chicago. And when I talked to some of the people in that area, Everybody I spoke to said that they go to church and they believe in God. And supposedly these kids are coming from Christian families. It's not like they're coming from families that says that they don't believe in God. Um, uh, not a day goes by when I don't hear some preacher supporting things, black preachers that are supporting things that are wrong. I just, and this is not about politics, it's about spirituality. There was a, uh, there was a church in L.A., um, uh, West Angeles Church of God in Christ, headed up by Blake, Bishop Blake, Charles Blake. And they're like starting this campaign, from what I read, where they're going to support socialized health care. They're going out in support of it. Um, there are um, uh, black men and black women, almost, they hate one another. They really do. Black men hate black women. And that's why you see them having babies with them without marrying them. There's no respect for them in the right way because they really hate uh, black women. And you don't hear the churches talking about this at all. Now, once in a while, you would hear them blame the man, but they don't really bring out the whole picture so you can see what's going on and overcome it. Uh, the average, not all, not all, not all, but the average black woman is destroying her child or her children. And she's going to church, lifting up holy hands and thanking God. And the preachers will not deal with it. They will not deal with it, first, because they're not called by God. And secondly, uh, because they love money and power more than they love anything else. And most of them are racist anyway. But they have this hatred in their heart. They are of their father, the devil. We have to deal with the anger within the black community. 
you know, black Americans, not all but most, are angry. And then when they deal with the anger, they don't really go to the core cause of the anger. They blame it on, they, they start somewhere else. They blame it on racism. They blame it on slavery. When in reality, anger starts in the home first. And then when you go out into the world, it's easy for the deceivers to just pile on to tell you that it's somewhere else. But most, most, not all, and I have to say this, but, and I can say not all, but if I say it not all, everybody will jump on me and say that, oh, you're wrong. Isn't that right? Don't I have to say not all? Because if I say it all, you'll say that's ridiculous. You won't believe the truth unless I put a little lie in there. Right? It's not all. All is 100%. All is 100%. Right. And we know there's exceptions. So. Okay, how come God was able to say not all, but I can't say not all, if I say, say what he said? Say again? God said all have sinned. I didn't hear the one telling him not That's all. That's different, though. <laughs> How is that different? I mean, that is, that is a true statement. All have sinned. Right. But to say all, all black creatures are... I don't, know, I don't want to put words Of their father and the devil? Of, yeah, to say all, that's not true. Because no, I'm about to make a statement. Black, I'm about to make a statement about, about the women, the black women. Oh. And I want to say all. That's okay. But, do you know all that's black okay women? to say all. See, do I know all black women? Yes. But God said all. He, did he know all people? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, he knew all people? Yes. Oh, are you sure about that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he knew them by name, huh? I'm pretty sure that. Well, let me just say, most black women are angry, even in the name of Jesus. And they're the, they are setting their children up to fail by turning them away from their fathers. They're doing it. And not just black women. As I said, um, these principles apply to all of mankind. But in the black community, it is out of control. And I'm hearing these stories day in and day out, day in and day out. And no one is telling the truth about what's really going on. And this anger will not end until we can point out that it starts in the home first. And most of the time, 90-something in the middle percent of the time, it starts with the mother. Yes, there are fathers who do it too, but his anger came from his mother. The preachers won't talk about it. They won't deal with it. I read a story this week that Detroit poor cannot bury the dead. They have to leave them down in the mark in freezers. That's how bad it is in the city of Detroit. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. And you can't blame that on the white man because Detroit, the government in Detroit is black. The preachers are black. Everybody and their mama black, but their values are gone. They have no moral values, and there are churches on every corner, and the preachers support corrupt people, all in the name of racism. It, it's, it's wicked, it's evil, and it's wrong. There is a, a battle going on here, a spiritual battle, and there are those who represent good, and there are those who represent evil. It's just reality, and until we deal with that, it's not going to get better. And men and women of God, as this uh, Ephesians said, you have to put on your uh, suit of armor. You have to be righteous. And black Americans are not a righteous people. Our, our, um, Fox News did a special the other day on ACORN. 
and ACORN is an organization that's supposed to go out and help people register to vote and all that kind of stuff. But they, they interviewed the guy who founded this organization, a white man, and I just want to deal with the spiritual aspect of what it did. Um, back in the 60s, this guy was a young man and who came from a pretty good background. He was a wealthy guy. But he, he looked around and he saw black people, as he said, poor black people complaining they had issues. And so he decided to go around and talk to uh, uh, poor black people so that he could start this organization about what was wrong. And he talked to them and they complained about, you know, whatever their issues were, work or racism and all that. So he started ACORN as a result of that. And so what he decided to do is to help black people get deeper into government, to get on welfare, to get more government support. And the guy said that uh, he, he went around and he just got all these black people to join his organization uh, so that he could get them more government support. But the hidden agenda was, and, but when asked, well, why, was this the hidden agenda? He said no, but you can see that it was. The hidden agenda was he wanted to, he wanted to destroy capitalism. He wanted to destroy the system. And he felt that if he could get all these people on welfare, that he could destroy the system, you know, break it down, capitalism, just break it down. And so the reporter says, so it really wasn't about helping black people then. It was about your hidden agenda of destroying the system. He had read some book by, uh, what's the name of that guy? Saul Lesky, some communist guy, socialist guy, read his principles of how to destroy a system. And he deliberately went out and used black people to destroy, to make an attempt to destroy that system. Isn't that like evil? But you don't hear, I don't hear one black preacher talking about it. I don't hear one politician talking about it, black politician. They're still encouraging it. Even now I expect the politicians to do it because they're all the father of the devil. You know, they love power and wealth. But where are the preachers who are supposed to point out this spiritual battle that is going on so that the people can wake up and see how they're being used? When you are asleep, when you are, um, uh, 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 are not of one mind with God, it's easy for someone to come along and use you. And black Americans are being used like little sheets. They, and they have no idea. It's just, this stuff is evil. Absolute evil. They were deliberately set up to be used to destroy the system under the pretense of trying to help them get support for themselves. And when it was revealed, the guy still didn't want to admit it, but you would have to not want to see it, want to see it to not see what was going on. And black folks are still being used. But now they're being used by people that they trust the most, the black preachers as well. Uh, we are supposed to fight and overcome the system and not allow the system to control us. Black boys and girls are, are just having babies and going to jail and, uh, and all, everybody's crying. Oh, even the situation in Chicago, you don't hear the spiritual aspect about what's going on there. It's like, well, what do we need? We need more programs. We, they act like they don't even know you need families anymore. That, that should be the primary dialogue. We should be, you know, God said that he's going to turn the fathers back to the children and the children back to the fathers. That should be what the discussion is all about. How do we turn the fathers back to the children? 
It's not about program. It's about getting these men to overcome mama and become men so that they can get married, raise their children, and guide them in the right way to go. If you don't love your father, and that's what they have done, they have prevented, starting with the mothers, they have prevented these boys and girls from loving their fathers. And nothing else is going to work but that. And these hypocritical black churches, uh, T.D. Jakes and all these people, they're liars, they're hypocrites, they're just using folks. They're evil people. And we got to wake up before it's too, it's too late. It is getting worse instead of getting better. I see glimmers of hope. And then these people are so wicked, they will not allow any truth to come in. If you tell the truth, then you hate women or you hate men. Uh, and another thing that they've done by taking their fathers away and destroying their families, they are now corrupting the young. God said that it is better for you to tie a stone around your neck and throw yourself in the ocean and die rather than, to, than it is to hurt children, right? But they are hurting children by corrupting them at an early age. Isn't that hurting the children? When we look at, when, when blind people look at hurting, they're thinking about molesting and that kind of stuff. They're not thinking about when you're teaching young children as young as five years old about homosexuality or how to have an abortion. Uh, uh, and they're, they're not seeing that as hurting the children. And I understand the system not seeing it that way, but where are the Christians who are supposed to see it that way? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The light shining through us so that the darkness cannot rule. I don't see light shining anymore. And for this reason and other reasons, I think we need to start a campaign to shut down the black churches, telling black Americans to stay home. I found God by staying home. I did not find him at the church. They set you up at the church. When you walk in, the first thing you get is a good rock and roll song. The piano start playing, the choir start singing, and you start feeling good. And then while you're feeling good, they pass the bucket. And then after they pass the bucket, they have you hold up your hands, hands so everybody can see that you're giving money so that your ego can be built on, so you can feel good about giving money. And then the phony black preacher come up and read the Bible to you, quote the Bible, not giving you any insight about anything, so that you can go out and live your life, and you leave there feeling good. And that's all you get. You go home, you fight with your husband or wife, you fight with your children. Your kids don't even want to go to church anymore. They'd rather be out making a baby or doing some drugs. And then you come home and quote the Bible to them, and they don't want to hear. It's not working. So what's the point? It's best for people to stay home, be quiet, so that the truth can catch up with them. Because we are being used. We've been played. We've been had by the devil. You don't have that breath, breath, breastplate of righteousness on you. That's why you're losing. You're angry, out of control. And the poor men... I don't even know why they call themselves men. They need to title themselves uh, homophodites or something. <laughs> What's a good name for a man that's not a man, but he looked like he's a man? And, and he's, but he's woman. He's weak, something. Unless we need a name for these men. They have fear. They're afraid of the women. 
They're afraid of their children. They're afraid to speak up in a crowd. They will not represent God on earth. We are the representation of God on earth, men. And when, you're, when the mothers are turning your children away from you, they're turning them away from God. And then they cry and look like they hurt one. Oh, I'm the victim. My husband, my children are bad because the father's not around. So if the father's not around, how is it that he's bad? What is that you're doing wrong? The preachers won't deal with that. The children are not becoming bad on their own. Somebody is doing this to them. And it starts with the mothers first and grandmothers. It starts at home first, and then they go out into the community and overreact to the situations around them because they have the traitors out there to help them do it. The so-called civil rights leaders and other, whatever you want to call them, but they're all evildoers. These people are evil. They're evil. We got to wake up and realize this, folks. This is, and I love this battle, I have to tell you that, because I can see what's going on, and I'm protected from it. I have no fear, no doubt, no worry. I, I have no plans. You know, I just see what to do because God has changed my heart. You must be born again. You must be born again. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. If you don't have that greater than he working through you, you're not born again. How can you be afraid when God is your father and he's in control of everything? So you must not have this relationship with your father. And this is why I want to start this campaign. We got to seriously start turning the children back to the fathers. Otherwise, we're going to have Detroit and the inner city of Chicago all over the country. As you take that man out, the, the evildoers are going to come to the top, rise to the top, and take over your children and your women and turn them into what they're turning them into. <coughs> all in the name of Jesus trying to be cute and fancy. It's not about the church. There's no need to be building these huge churches. I don't even think Jesus had a church, did he? No. He kind of went around and talked to the folks and went his way. And if you're not going to tell the truth, why have a church? It's all for the preachers. Now, if you disagree with this campaign to get black Americans to stay home from these churches, let me know. But some kind of way, we need to get this thing going. I don't quite know how I'm going to do it yet, but it's a waste of time to go to these folks. Now, I realize that there are one or two black preachers, and I know one or two out there who are doing the right thing. I have met one or two, maybe three. But most of these black preachers are evil, wicked doers, all in the name of Jesus. They're using the Bible to control the folks rather than setting them free, because if they were being set free, you will not have evil in operation, such as it is today in our country. All right. I know I saw some hands. Yes, sir. Well, I, I just don't know why you, why you want to combine it just to, to the black churches because, you know, there's whole large denominations of churches now that, I, uh, that support homosexuality. I think one of the Lutheran denominations, a big one with four and a half million members, is, is accepting homosexuality. Now, it's not just... It isn't yeah. just the black churches. I mean, there's, there's, there's more. Yeah, and, and you're right. I've heard of those stories, but I know some of the, uh, the real Christians who are caught up in that, they'll leave in that. They're walking away from it uh, in the white community. 
So they're like split because they realize that these people who want to support homosexuality and all this stuff are evildoers. But I don't see that type of fight in the black community. Black people don't fight for anything but more government, more leadership, more drugs, more sex, more all the wrong things. I don't see the split happening in the church. Anybody see that happening? See, I don't see it happening. You do hear white Americans say, well, no, we don't agree with this, so we're going to leave this junk. But blacks don't fight for anything. Even the black churches don't fight against evil. Am I wrong in that? I mean, I should hear it if it's happening somewhere, but I don't see it happening. They could bring that into the black church and, everybody, and they'll say to black people, well, don't judge. Okay, I won't judge. And they'll read the scripture. The Lord said, thou shalt not judge. Okay, I won't judge. They accept whatever you give them that is evil. They do not accept good. Now, if you brought good in the church, they'll scatter. Everybody and their mama leave. You brought a, a preacher in the church that told the truth to the black people, they would condemn you. But from what I read about white Americans, they stand to separate. They fight against that stuff, some of them. Am I, am I right about that? Well, there, there is a controversy, but, but some, they're losing in some places. I, right. I, but at least they're, they're fighting back. Yeah. At least they're fighting back. Am I right? That's true. When the last time you heard a massive of black people fighting back, fighting back against what's happening in their churches. I've never heard that. Right. And that, that wasn't like that prior to the fathers leaving their homes. If a black preacher came to your house and ate the wrong piece of chicken, you know how we used to have a preacher come over after church? <laughs> and most of the time he tried to get the leg and the thigh. And <laughs> because the leg and the thigh is the best piece, I think, the dark piece of meat, right? You know how black meat is better. But uh, <laughs> the dark meat was better. And so if the preacher came over and tried to get the dark meat, we would run him out of the church. That's how serious black Americans were about righteousness. They did not put up with this stuff before. It is, I, one of the days I'll write all this stuff down. But I'm hearing stories. I heard something yesterday that was so sad about this woman and her, her children. And she is a prophet, Bible-talking, tongue-toting, Holy Ghost kind of woman. And her children are out of control. And then the neighbor kids are out of control. I heard a story yesterday where the neighbor go to church every Sunday, a black neighbor, goes to church every Sunday, quote the Bible, but hate his Hispanic neighbor. The neighbors walk by and say, hey, Mr. So-and-so, how are you? He turned his back to them before saying hello but yet he's praising the Lord. Black people are morally, morally bankrupt. I blame the men for it. I blame the churches for it. Because the church, if they're called by God, they would tell the truth. I need money to run this, or, this organization, this church, but I love what's right first. And I'm unwilling to sacrifice that for one dime or one person. You got to wake people up. God awakened me. He allows me to, he gave me a life. And I want everybody to have that life that he intended for you to have. Perfect peace. Strong and good families. Fathers who represent him. And mothers who love the fathers who represent God. And then the children who love the mother, who love the father, who represent God. That's how it can be, and that's how it's supposed to be. That's why Christ sacrificed his life. 
He did not mean for us to be cowards, angry, unforgiving, out of control people. What in, why do you even bother to read about him if you're unwilling to change? Last week, I think somebody told me I was too hard on the people. And then they realized, no, you're not too hard. I wish I could use some of the words that Jesus used on you. He really <laughs> sent you home crying. He hurt your ego like nobody. Get away from me, you liar. You have your father, the devil. If you had an ego then, you left away feelings hurt. And he didn't care. Am I wrong in saying that uh, I think about five or six, maybe close to ten years ago, Easy Hill was one of the conservative pastors in Los Angeles. And after he died, there wasn't any more that came, you know, black men on TBN and all those other churches. Yeah, and it's not about being conservative. I, 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 it's not a, my thing is a spiritual issue. I understand that, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they say he was. Yeah. But it's, it's about being righteous. Mm -hmm. It's about representing truth on earth. It's about being, a, you know, it's about thanking Christ for dying for us by living upright. Being an example of that. The, the, the evildoers represent the devil proudly. They are not ashamed to represent him. And they represent him and don't care what you think about it. Yeah, but I thought EZ was speaking on the same subject you were talking about now back in the, oh, yeah? that time. I'm not aware of it. Yeah, he I, may I have could been be wrong. I could mm -hmm. be wrong. I stand to be corrected. But. I'm sorry? I don't think so. I mean, I've heard some of his sermons. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Irma I said could be wrong. I could say that. Yeah, I don't know. But I can't name you... Now, I know some pretty decent, a handful of pretty decent black preachers, but I cannot name you one black preacher that will rebuke the women, rebuke the men, uh, rebuke the devil from you. I, I don't know them. Now, that doesn't mean it's not happening. It's just that I don't hear from it. But I cannot name you one church where the people are upset and say, you know what, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. They go along with it. Even when they hear that the preacher has made a baby by somebody else. <laughs> in the church. They still stay. I know a church right now where that recently happened. The preacher, black preacher, made a baby by a woman sitting in the choir. The wife sitting right there on the, in the front, praising the Lord, hooping and hollering, quoting scriptures, giving away your money. And when it, the news came out that this woman was pregnant for the preacher, the preacher said, I don't want to talk about it. I gave it to the Lord. And now the congregation, is saying, the congregation is saying, well, we don't want to talk about it. The pastor gave it to the Lord. White churches would not put up with that. You'll have some that stay, but many will rebel against that. But black people don't rebel against it. What about the Catholic church? Same thing. The Catholic church, a, a lot of Catholic members rebelled against the homosexuals in the church. But in the black churches, they say, oh, no, the choir is filled with homosexuals. We need the choir. They bring money, they bring good music, they bring the devil. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've seen that in myself, uh, the idea of needing what something somebody else has or feeling like or seeming like somebody else has something I want and really trust God um, that he owns everything, that, that he will make a way for me. Yes. But I can see myself in dealing with people not going all the way with them because of feeling like there's something I want to get out of them, some selfish need I've got that prevents me from really doing what I need to do. When you're born again of God, you cannot 
You will not and you cannot sacrifice righteousness to get something. And I know what you mean. You know, that temptation is there. You want a contract, for example. You know, if you be honest, you may not get the contract. Or you want a, a man want a woman, or a woman wants a man. If you be honest with that person, you may not get that person. So you kind of hold back a little bit just to get it. Then you love that that you're getting more than you love God. It is the evidence that you have not been born again. God even said, you know what? You are my children. I would take care of you. Look at the birds and the grass. I take care of them, and they're not on the same level that you're on. So why do you have to worry about these things if I'm your father? And then people say, oh, yeah, that's right. God says, don't worry. And yet they still worry, and then they still think that they're born again. They'll hold back to get something. When you do, God will, I'm telling you, I'm a living witness, that God will make a way out of nowhere. He will take care of you. You still have to work, but you've got to be righteous. You can't be a fake righteousness. You know, you've got to be real. You've got to be, uh, uh, there's a song that says 99 and a half won't do. You've got to do 100. You need me to sing that for you? <laughs> Anybody ever heard that song? <laughs> 99 and a half won't do. You got to do 100. <laughs> God wants 100%. Because otherwise, you're of your father and the devil. You got to be hot. You can't be lukewarm. Otherwise, you're of your father and the devil. And this is not a game. This is not, you know, like you can fool one another and get away with it, but you can't fool spirituality. Either you have it or you don't. And I don't want to sound like doomsday here. I'm trying to give some light. You guys look like you're just hurting from this. <laughs> yes, this is, this is good news. This is not bad news. Yes. You said something about the, earlier about the relationship with God. It seemed to key in for me a little bit. If you have the relationship is there, then it's kind of like you're on solid ground there. <laughs> And you don't, have, you don't trust in the world, you trust in God. Yes. And it seems to me what's missing in my life at this point, that I don't really have a, you know, I guess a, a real relationship with God at this point, I guess I would say. Yes. You have to have a real, when you have this real relationship with him, it changes your whole mindset about everything. You see things from within. The kingdom of heaven is within us. And that's another thing that I'm hearing a lot. Stop today looking for the kingdom of heaven outside. It's not on the outside. You're not going to find it. You can go to all the seminars in the world until the cows come home. You can read all the books until there are no more books to read. You can listen to all the spiritual conversations until you're black and blue in the face. You can go up and down looking for it. You're not going to find it out there. It's inside of you. And the key is, how do you go inside to find it? The kingdom of heaven is within. It's at hand. And it's right there. And when you find it, he put you in an order of perfect peace. And you live from that peace. And that's why you have a sound mind, because your mind is not shaky. 
It's not up and down. It's not, it doesn't have any doubt, any fear, any worry, or any of that stuff. It is nothing like your ego nature that you live. It is, it is solid peace. It is it's interesting, though. It's, it's so interesting because everything comes from there. It's weird, and, and weird is the wrong word, but it's another way of living. It's like you need to turn your life upside down to start living that way. Or maybe turn it back over or something. <laughs> because you may be already living upside down. But everything that you think is right is wrong. Everything you think is right is absolutely wrong. Even when you think right is wrong, you're wrong. Now that's some scary stuff. <laughs> that we can't even recognize what is right on our own. Even when you know the Bible, you can read the Bible, color the Bible, speak in other tongues, do what, and you still don't know right. You don't know what is right. And you could quote right, right, righteousness from the Bible, you can quote it, but you still don't know it. That is interesting, isn't that? I mean, how do you put, wrap your mind around that you can't even recognize righteousness on, yourself, on your own? That's why so many people are deceived by others. They come as the light, but they are not the light. The devil can come as true through other people. And you think, wow, that feels good. That must be true. <laughs> that preacher spoke well. That must be true. That preacher said what was in the Bible. And, and preacher tell you, read the Bible so when someone quote the Bible, you know it's in the Bible, that's how you know he's right. Isn't that dumb? <clears throat> Anybody can come back and give you the words from the Bible. That's a dumb idea, but that's an accepted idea, especially in the black community. Where if the Bible said it, it's true. Did he say the Bible said it? <laughs> it's so dumb. The word is written in our hearts, and the Bible tells you that. It tells you you got to go in. It's something we got to wake up, folks. Anyway, I'm on a roll, so I need to <laughs> slow my roll. Just to finish this up, um, my instinct, is, and we were talking a little bit yesterday about this, my instinct has always been to go after the physical solution. Right. Um, and even becoming, being a man. Every man wants to be a man. Right. And in doing that, I've always gravitated towards physical, you know, fighting arts or, or knowledge in the head to learn something, but it's generally, it, you know, it's always been a physical, and it's, it's, it's the whole instinct. My instinct is not to go inside, it's to go outside. And it's always waited, to this day it's like that. Yeah. My drive is to go outside and find stuff. Yeah. It's just the way it is. What do you think about that, uh, young lady here? His instinct, when there are problems, when there are issues in his life, he has a natural, unnatural instinct to go outside to try to resolve it. I think that's a natural instinct. It's natural? I think it's natural. Right. But we're supposed to be supernatural. So we're supposed to go inside. Yeah, but the average person don't do that. And even they'll say they do it, but in real life they don't do it. Yes, sir? It's not even spiritual. You, you can, um, there was a long period of my life where I had no business success of any kind. And I said, if I'm, if I'm not successful, it's my fault not the system, the company, the client, whatever. 
that was the turning point. It doesn't have to be spiritual. It can be. It can be commercial. And, and, and it you tend to look outside for the answer. Right. I hung, well, I hung around people who were successful. I said, "It's not their fault. It's mine. I'm doing something wrong." Right. And when I stopped looking outside and just gutted it out, things got better. But it didn't bring you peace, though. It didn't bring you salvation. Well, all right. But you can. But there is a. You can. You can. You can use that principle in everything in life. That you can look inside. In fact, it did give me some peace because when things got even tougher, I was able to keep going on. Right. When other people were looking outside for an answer, I had learned that internalizing. But it didn't bring salvation and it didn't bring well, perfect fair enough. peace. Fair enough. Yeah. But I'm just talking and about And that's it. what God wants us to have. Right. He wants us to be saved from the system. He wants us to be saved from ourselves. He wants us to be saved from this other thing that drives us. And nothing, nothing outside is going to bring that. Never, ever, ever, never Look outside for the answer. It's a waste of time. It's a setup. Never, ever, ever do that, folks. But I know you've been taught to do it. So how do you break that cycle if you've been trained to look for the answers out everywhere? Look for the answers in the Bible. Look for the answers from your mama, your daddy. Look for the answers everywhere. It's already with you. Um, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm on a roll here. <laughs> I need to slow my roll. What, what became clear to me yesterday in our conversation was that there are things that you can do in life that are useful to you. Yes. Uh, you can, you know, learn certain business things. You can, there's nothing wrong with learning uh, martial arts or something. That's right. There's nothing wrong with working hard. But you said it very well yesterday. Those are good. They're not that you don't do them. They are good for your physical life, but they don't bring you salvation. That's, that's, that's right. That's the main point. That's right. And see, I, I'm working with some folks now, several people who are involved in this martial art thing. They know how to do the karate and the judo, and they know how to meditate. They know that stuff well, but they cannot deal with real life. When tough time, when spiritual issues really come, they got to go pray. They, they don't have that spiritual foundation to deal with life. And I used to think that they did because I heard a lot about the martial arts stuff, you know, but they have not been born again. And so when issues in their family lives and their personal life come, they, they break down. They can't handle it. And martial art is good, but just know it's good for the physical. It doesn't bring spiritual salvation. It's only good for the physical, so it's, it's okay to do it. You know, when I try to get this fat off my body, I know I'm working for the physical body only. I don't think that I'm getting anything spiritual out of this. It's not going to bring salvation. It's for the physical only. So this karate stuff, it only helps the physical. Now some people may slow down enough where they, they enter into the kingdom because you do have to slow down. You know, they want you to be aware when you do certain moves and stuff like that. They want you to be conscious of what you're doing. And sometimes you can be fortunate enough to slow down enough where you can enter into the kingdom. So it, it may help in that way with some people. It can, but I just remember seeing my karate master one time on an in, in, interview situation, and I was kind of shocked at how weak he was because yeah. he was out of his element. And mm. it just kind of shocked me a little bit. I yeah. expected like more out of that type of training, I guess, <laughs> in a spiritual way. And then I realized, well, it's not necessarily going to give you 
what I think it would give me. It will not give you salvation. You can jump up and down and kick and scream <laughs> and, and you don't chop till the cows come home and your wife will wipe you out as soon as you get home. <laughs> your wife will have you afraid to say hi to your children. It does not bring, only God can give us spiritual salvation. Only he allows us to enter in. That stuff is not going to do it. The physical would not do it. Yes, sir. You've been so patient. Oh, thank you. Um, there is a problem, though, with the kingdom of heaven being within. It's a big problem. <laughs> What's that um, problem? The problem is there's another kingdom that's within. And, it's, and that kingdom is growing, is right alongside and right also there within. And it's the, you know, the kingdom of hell is also within. And it is, it is there to coach you, to talk to you. You can hear it. It speaks to you. It shows you thoughts and visions and all kind of things that you can, it's like a, you can get confused about which is which yeah. when you're, when you're, you know, just getting into it, you know, and you hear the kingdom of heaven is within, you, you hear how to pray properly and stuff, and, and yet it's so seductive and so, so much ourselves that we, you know, that we relate to it so much that it's, it's very difficult to, unless, unless you are, um, you know, touched. That's such a good point. You are, you are, you're going to be tripped up and frustrated. 99.9. Nine, nine percent of the people operate from the kingdom of hell within. All in the name of Jesus. The one thing that I notice about the kingdom of heaven, it is not a busy body. It is absolutely quiet and still. It is not busy. This busy body that you operated from is hell within. It's made a home inside of you. It talks to you, it confuses you, it makes you doubt, it makes you feel fear, it causes you to feel emotions, all kinds of stuff. It's constantly moving. It's a voice that is always at you. That's why God, Christ gave you some hints on it by saying that uh, God's voice is a quiet, still, voiceless voice. And believe me, it is there. It is absolutely there. But most people listen to the other voice that's made a home inside of them. It tells them to hold on to every word that you hear and quote it back and act like you have it. It just tells you everything that's false. And that's what they got to overcome. And when you believe that other side, that the, the hell within, it gives you powerful feelings to reinforce your belief. Yeah. And, and so then the other voice... The other voice give you nothing to reinforce the belief. Nothing that you can feel, taste, or touch. You literally have to just live it. That's the difference between the two. You're so right about it. You're a smart guy. For a white man, you're absolutely right about that. And that's what you got to find, folks. And it's something else when you lock into that. You got to slow down in order for it to happen, though. You got to not put any effort at all into it. None. Any effort keeps you from getting in there. And for me to know this, I'm a country bumpkin from Alabama plantation. Barely finished high school because of 
we had to drop out of school so much. And for him to, and I was thinking about this, wow, it's something else how God allowed me to see this. It's just mind-blowing. And it's just perfect. And I do things that I never imagined I would do in life or even considered doing. Because you operate from this kingdom of heaven within. Yes, sir. I think it might be because having a slower mind that you admitted to and said that that's, that's the black in you, having a slower mind anyway, you know, intellectuals, they, they really get into a, into a mind that's They're fast. Busy, busy bodies. And, and it, yeah, it's, it, it's fast, it's, it's, it's constant motion, it's, it's, it's um, filled with, just filled up. And um, people who are more simple and their minds move a little slower, they're, they're not so taken in by all the speed. They know that, um, and, and that may be the advantage that you've had. And that's what's happening in the churches too. Because these people are going to church to learn the Bible, read the Bible, and then they go to preacher school to learn some more. They are no different than the intellectuals in the colleges and stuff around the country. You're putting, up, putting all this knowledge in your head, and it's keeping you from the quiet, still voice. And making you believe something that's not true. That's why I say, a mind is a terrible thing to save. <laughs> it really is. Yes, sir. Isn't it true, like, when like, one gets bigger, like, if the kingdom of heaven gets bigger in your heart, the other side is going to get weaker and Absolutely. And it's just not going to come out anymore. And then once you get to that full state, it won't be able to talk to you anymore or anything. And even if it does speak to you, it's so far away from you, it has no authority at all. Yeah. Not at all. The more you grow in this kingdom. It's like feeding it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And then this way become a natural way of life for you. Because it is unnatural to live in the way that you're living from your imagination. It's unnatural for people to be teaching you, cramming you, your head with all of this stuff. The Bible said the letters kill it, you're being killed, you've been murdered. The more knowledge you get, the more you die. But the more knowledge you pull away from and then discover from within, you get life. In a nutshell, uh, I t earlier, before we start, uh, started the show, I told you that I, did, that I didn't deserve to go, uh, go on a date. The uh, re uh, reason for that, uh, that is that I discovered just how evil I was. And I don't think it would be right, uh, right for an evil person like me to even uh, think about uh, Commune with another human being, at least until I can, until I can see beyond uh, on my evil. I wouldn't make that decision if I were you. What? Why? Because if you help somebody, you are dating, you may be of help to someone, or you may learn from them. You can't, just because you see that your heart, most, all people's hearts are evil until they're born again, you, that's, not a way to, that's not a reason to lock away from the world. And suppose I hurt that person. How are you going to hurt them? Are you a player? <laughs> I don't even know that word. Play -play <laughs> I wouldn't make that decision. It's enough just to see that your heart is evil, but don't stop living because of that. You know what I mean? You have listened to the deceiver. He's made a decision for you, and you think that is your decision. You mean if you want a family, God wants you to have a family. Even the woman that you're going to be dating, she's going to have to overcome her evil heart too. 
I go out and live my life. I am living my life. And yet I see myself as I am. So I, I would rethink that. All right? Well, I would, but that... Uh... And you, got, you need to forgive yourself. You have such a judgment upon yourself. I guess, I guess that may be my problem. I, yeah. I don't know how to forgive. You don't know how. I'll tell you in a minute. Did you have a question for me? Oh, I just wanted to comment on what uh, Martin was saying about that other world. The, for a lot of my life, that other dark side, um, and I know it's real common with people, they, they make friends with it. They, you know, they... they you, when you say they, you're meeting you. Yeah, I made friends with it because it made me comfortable. And it made me, you know, in those hard times where I really had to face and have courage, it gave me comfort to not to do that. So it, it kind of, you know, it, it, you know it's, it's a really bizarre thing, but it, it's there as a sort of comforter, but not the real comforter. You know, and when finally I saw that the quiet insight that I saw that was changing my life, then it would come and give me excuses to get out of it as, it, as though it was the truth. When I saw clearly that it was talking to me and it was my enemy, and I saw the silent reality that was giving me insights, was really my best friend. My whole life it's been there. Then my whole life you know, turned around at that point. Okay. Yes, sir. It's kind of between like us and animals. Because animals just go off their natural instinct to survive and like do what they think is like best. But we can actually like, like go inside and like actually like think about what is spiritual and like what is right to do. Yeah, unlike the animal, we have a God's nature inside us. Yeah. We have a part of Him within us. We one minute. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Let me let me answer uh, Angie's question. Patrick and I had a perfect conversation about how you overcome this yesterday. Um, first of all, you got to realize that you have not entered into the kingdom of heaven because you don't have that perfect peace. One of the evidence of being in the kingdom of heaven, you have absolutely perfect peace that never leaves you. Once you get in, it never changes. It's not up and down, it doesn't go away. Doesn't matter how difficult the moment, you still have that peace. Secondly, you have to be willing to forgive. You must forgive. You gotta forgive because you're not gonna enter in until you can forgive. And um, thirdly, when conflict comes, or these different emotions come to you, you gotta go, you gotta rise in consciousness and deal with it and face it. You gotta absolutely accept it as it is. Don't judge it as good or bad, right or wrong. And when you rise in consciousness, you will overcome it. That's how you overcome depression or, or fear or doubt or worry if you're worried about your finance, or if you're worried about your relationships, or you feel lonely, or you feel depressed, all you need to do is be still and become aware of it. That's all you need to do. And, and, and this awareness of it is God's mind, his consciousness, shining on that spirit of depression, or whatever it is, and he will take it away from you. And in order for all that to happen, you gotta calm down. You got to stop looking here and there and everywhere. 
you got to sit still, be still, so that he can cause you to rise in consciousness in his mindset. He said that we should have one mind, should have his mind, because right now your mind is of the devil. And so we need a new mind. We need to be renewed from within. So when you sit still and pray, just be quiet and allow the truth catch up with you, you rise in consciousness so when these things come, you don't overreact. You cannot overreact, but you be still and overcome them. And you just find yourself overcoming. That's how you do it. You be still. You got to forgive. You, uh, you don't run from it. You don't judge it. You just take it, accept it. And accepting it doesn't mean you're saying that it's right or wrong. You're just seeing it for what is it. it is. And that's where God wants you. He wants you to see that you're wrong so that he can come in and save you from it. He doesn't. You can't have any portion of denial in it at all. And anything that you do about yourself is denial. It's denial. Adam denied. And we all sin because of it. Now we have to not deny, accept the truth so we can get back into it. That makes sense? Did that? Yes. <clears throat> aware of my thoughts that I can be aware of them but I can't detect, detach myself from emotions or, or feelings. Right. Good. You can't do it. Accept that. And let yourself feel that way. But just be aware of it. So just be aware that you're feeling that way but don't but there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing you can do about it. And just go on with your day being conscious and it works itself out because it's all spiritual. But you gotta let go and let God. Of your, you gotta realize at some point in life, there's nothing you could do about this stuff. Then you shall, as a matter of fact, the moment you realize that, you can enter into the kingdom. That's what it takes. Those are the steps to, to enter in. You gotta let go. Stop just running around and doing all this stuff trying to find it. It's not out there, it's inside. It's not out there. It's at hand. You gotta let go of that God. Um, you can get involved by going to our website at bondinfo.org. We provide counseling. Uh, whatever services you need, you can call 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. For counseling or anywhere in the world, we'll, we'll work with you on this. I invite you to get a copy of my Be Still and No Prayer CD. It'll show you how to just be quiet and realize that of yourself you can do nothing so that God can come in and help you. And for the men, you gotta wake up. You're responsible for your wife and children. Not a village, not the government, but you are responsible. You represent God on earth. And I wanna know also, do you, do you think I should start a campaign to stop black folks from going to these black churches? Let me hear from you. Go to my website at bondinfo.org or call 800-411-BOND. We also need your financial support to make this happen. Thank you for tuning in and thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call one 800 411 Bond.